pains, <laughs> my, my worries. Not my worries, it's not my worries, but I uh, um, usually, um, when guys start preaching, they, they stand here and they're wondering if they will have enough to say. It's not quite my problem this morning. <laughs> I um, so sometimes find myself like I don't I don't know. There's just so much that I that I feel I need to say, but I know um, that will we want to get out before Christmas here. So, but I uh, just trying to find what is the thing that God ultimately wants to point His finger on um, today. And uh, we, we've been busy in the book of John. And I think one of the things that we, oh, not John, First John, and one of the things that First John does is it, is, it is the root and fruit book. Meaning, John says, we need to, we need to love God. We, we, we need to have fellowship in the light. And then he says, well, if we say we have, if we say, <laughs> if we say, then these should be the marks. And... Um, you know, it's like I remember as a young man when I was going around in schools and just dealing with different guys. And, and then the, uh, a common thing would be, it's not like I don't, it's like, yeah, you can't live like that. And it's like, listen, it's not like I don't love God. I just like to do all these other things. And John almost doesn't allow you. So he, he can't say you love God and then, you know. It, it's it's this, uh, this root and fruit thing the whole time that he wants to kind of rip out of us uh, uh, some of the some of the excuses of some of the things that we've comforted ourselves with, and you want to say, well, if that is really true of our lives, then it should like this. The the, the fruit should look like this. Now, uh, in in one John four, he uh, um, speaks about the most probably the most famous, most well known, most worn out, listened to message ever, ever. In Christianity. Alright? God loves you. Alright? And one of those things that I'm very confident about today, there's no one here that's never heard those words. Everybody here has heard those words. But what John does, he says, Oh, you believe God loves you. So let's see whether you believe God loves you. And so he can't just leave us with these words. He says, you know, it's, it's this interesting thing in how we, how we uh, interpret or process God's love. You know, it's a fuzzy feeling during worship. You know, you just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel he loves me, you know, and that type of thing. But I, it's like, let, let me just see how life plays out. Let me just see how life plays out. And let me see how you process life. And I will pretty quickly see, <laughs> you know, whether, whether you believe God loves you. And, and um, in my conversations with people, in my conversations with people, in Stellenbosch, in Stellenbosch, the, the cream of the crop, they come here, you know, uh, from students to, uh, this is how it works. You first become a student here. You get a good education out of a good household, which your parents were able to pay for you, and you like it here. But what you've learned is it's very difficult just after students to buy a house in Stellenbosch. 
So you compromise to build, buy, or rent the place in uh, uh, um, flats and security complexes around the town. But the dream is one day I'll be in Stellenbosch, right? It is, it is in, in, so, in some ways this, this kind of at least a little bit of a bubble in, in our country. And so in my, in my coming here and working with people, I've um, wondered, you know, what type of things you would deal with in Stellenbosch. Well, it's pretty much the same as in everywhere in the world, right? Everywhere in the world, the number one thing I found, number one thing for me that I found is people do not believe that God loves them. It's the number one issue that I, I think that I struggle with here. They don't believe that God loves them, right? Uh, no matter what the background, no matter what, they are not convinced that God loves them. Now, do they sing, your goodness is following me all the days of my life? Do they sing it? Do they proclaim it? I was wondering about that song today when we sang it so confidently. Your goodness is following me all the days of my life. I look back, Jesus, and it's just goodness. I just see your goodness everywhere. You can sing it, but I speak to you. <laughs> I've heard you. <laughs> you sing it, but you don't believe it. <laughs> right? And so John, John wants to come and go and, and just deal with this thing and say, what is the fruit? How does it look like? How does it look like? How does it manifest when, when God loves us? So, 1 John 4, verse 7. 1 John 4, verse 7. I think that's it. Not? Now you must go down. Okay. So, we're going to go all the way. It's a long portion. So, if you have your Bible, maybe it's, it's easier for some, some guys to read it through the Bible. Beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God. It is, by the way, the first tester here, and we'll get to that one now. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is, a, this is quite a profound statement, God is love. You must understand, there's not the standard of what love is, and God tries to attain that standard. No. God is God. Love tries to be like God. <laughs> God determines love. Love doesn't determine God. Whatever God does is love. He decides what love is. If I'm it, it's love. Right? So we can't shape love and need to get God to fit into whatever our box of understanding of love is. He is love. Love will submit to who He is in that sense. He defines it in that way. All right? In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God. In this is love, that, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in, he, in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I must say, John says the same in John 15, you know, and, and I know we, 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 when we speak about the abides in John 15, it's usually, it's usually I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me, and, and uh, um, you, you know, you will bear much fruit, that thing. But he, he goes on and he says, abide in, in my love. It's a, it's a massive challenge for me to see myself and other people continue to abide in God's love. People are thrown off from the idea that God loves them so quickly. And as soon as the enemy can get you not to abide in his love anymore, he's got a field day. I just need you to believe that he doesn't love you anymore. Oh man, I need to abide in his love. I need to hold on to that with everything. God, I, I need to receive your love. I cannot from that moment move out of the abiding of his love. As soon as that happens, the enemy can do what he wants. All right, so verse 17. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear is to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, um, you know, fear is an... Is an is an interesting thing because fear actually can uh, um, manifest itself in many ways. But one of the primary ways that fear manifests itself is in um, is distrust. Fear is not trusting. You agree with me, my man? <laughs> There's no fear there. How can they? Perfect love that cast out all fear there, you know. So I, I, I want to tell you guys a, 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 a couple of stories, you know. Fear, fear, fear if, if, there's, if there's not love, there's trust. You cannot trust somebody that you do not believe loves you. It is impossible. The foundation of trust is love. It is impossible to trust in... I'm repeating myself, but I feel the need for it. It is impossible. It is impossible. It's impossible to trust anybody that you don't believe loves you. If we would say, have faith in God, which is like, trust God, if you're not convinced that He loves you, you will never be able to trust God. And so one of the, one of the primary things that God needs to do is He needs to rid us from fear. So, uh, I, look, I've done this example before, and some of you have heard it, but I, I'm just going to use it for the sake of the exercise, all right? It's my spin the bottle one. Thank you, Vian. <laughs> Anybody here, anybody here knows how to play spin the bottle? Lucas, I did not expect your hand. It's a trick question. The 
other day I, I asked this question and one student answered very eagerly a girl. She answers like, I know, I know, I know. You spin the bottle and if it falls on you, if it's a guy, you can kiss her. And if you, know, if you kiss him, and if it's a, you know, she said like, no, no, not that one. Not that one. So there is that one, of course. But I'm the one where it's truth, dare, and command, right? You, you spin the bottle. You've got the chance. It falls on your friend or whoever in the group. And you have the opportunity to ask this question, truth. And you know when they ask truth, you, are, you can ask the person anything and they must speak the truth. Now, you're not going to ask them what did they eat for breakfast yesterday. You're going to ask them in something that's going to embarrass them. It's going to be difficult for them to answer. Right? That's the whole purpose of the game. And so you feel a little bit lame to ask there because you can find a way out of there. So you're going to go command. Okay, whatever, command me. And you see in that person, or, 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 or as it's your opportunity, you need to now grill the person, and you give them a command that embarrasses them and whatever else that comes with. But then there comes a time where the, when, the, um, when the bottle changes. <laughs> and at some stage, your friend gets the turn to, to, to spin the bottle. And who knows that the bottle falls on you. And you see in the face of your friend the revenge. You come back out now. What's the motion that comes in there? Here. Imagine you could play spin the bottle with your mother. <laughs> Please, mama. My mom wouldn't get it over her heart to embarrass me. All right? But that's, that's exactly how it is with God. I, um, I once... We had a the time of people, uh, a, a, a people praying, and there was this radical, we will go wherever God sends us, and that type of thing. And so the, the prayer meeting went like, okay, God, wherever you send us, we will go. And one girl was honest, at least one girl was honest, and said, have you guys considered what we've just prayed? Imagine he sends me now, and she's like, imagine he sends me to Papua New Guinea. It was quite a, a, a Pretoria upmarket goal <laughs> that uh, it would have been a real, real challenge, you know. Imagine, imagine, I am playing spin the bottle with God. I have allowed Him to spin the bottle. It's falling on me, and I say, command me whatever. And I've got fear. Right? And she says that which was fair. But... <laughs> But the, but, the, but the foundation of not being able to trust God there is because she doesn't believe that God loves her. And so for that way, it's very difficult to trust Him. I've had uh, um, this last couple of weeks, I've actually had time with guys that's going through a, a difficult situation. Look, uh, all of you go for a difficult situation. At, at any given time, it happens. We're going for challenging times, right? And some of the things are so challenging for people that at the end, certain honest conclusion is, I can't sing with a good conscience. His goodness is following me everywhere. Because surely what he's doing now is not showering me with goodness here. This is not nice. This is not good. In fact, it sounds torturous. It feels either malicious or it feels like not caring. You know when it's sometimes with God, like it feels like it's a little bit of a Russian roulette, even if you pray with Him, you pray stuff for Him, you don't know whether He's going to give it. 
And you don't know whether he's going to be involved. You don't know if he's going to get out. You don't know. You just don't know with God. Sometimes he's very involved. Sometimes he pulls out. Sometimes he gives it. Sometimes he does not. I never know, is this going to be a good season or is this going to be a winter season? I never know with him. I never know what's up. And there's an insecurity and an unsurety sometimes when we approach him. Mm-hmm. And all of that, all of that is rooted in an uh, not understanding that we are loved. Paul prays in Ephesians 3, verse, verse 6, well, he starts from verse 14, but in verse 16 he says, you know, may we be rooted and grounded in love. And may we be rooted and grounded in love. May the way that we observe life comes from the foundation that God loves me. This is the problem. People's view of God is determined by their circumstances. That's the lenses. I will interpret God's love through what I experience currently. And through my experience currently, he gets a 7 out of 10. From my experience, oh, worship was so nice, you know. I, I felt him. God loves me. I didn't feel him. I don't know if he loves me. Circumstances shapes my view of God's love. But Paul, or John, Paul in his prayer is saying, no, I am rooted and grounded in a full understanding that God loves me. And through the understanding of God's love, I view my circumstances. That's the lens through which I look at everything. This, uh, um, this week, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, this week, this week, um, there was a time that me and Naku, no, it's not me, Naku, uh, we thought Naku is pregnant. <laughs> Look, I, um, they, they, <laughs> I know, I know uh, babies doesn't come for prayer and fasting. I know where babies come from. I just want to make sure you guys know that I was in biology and all those type of things. Um, but um, there's, um, there was, we were at some stage pretty convinced that um, Nark is pregnant. And uh, you, you must understand, I know some people, children energizes them. <laughs> babies energize them. Babies doesn't energize me. <laughs> and it's like, I like them when they're teenagers and I like them there, but babies, babies is difficult for me. And I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I mean, I've, that book is closed, you know. I'm thinking of all those nappies. I'm thinking of all those sleepless nights. It just all came back to me, you know. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> and so how do I process this? I, 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 honestly, I, I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but I had to process this thing. Like, okay, my wife is, I, I was actually very much convinced that she is pregnant, right? And uh, um, I was considering, this is what happened. I was considering that she's pregnant. Uh, there, was a, there's, there was a lot of signs that she's pregnant, right? 
And then uh, I'm like, God, uh, look, I mean, what's done is done now. I mean, I can't change it now. I can't say keep it or it's there. If it's there, it's there. I can't change the prayer now. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just want to, I, I uh, just like that's kind of on my back of my mind. And as I'm uh, um, Thursday, as I, just before I was with Yakanesi. I'm praying and I filled Psalm 127.3. And that moment, I didn't know what stands there. I opened up the Bible and it says, and children is a gift from God. <laughs> and so I go, okay, baby, you, God just spoke to me. You're pregnant, you know. <laughs> and so how do, we, how do we process that, you know? And I, look, I, again, uh, uh, that was a gift, you know. I know God's like, I've got a gift for you. And I'm like, I don't want that gift. Now. <laughs> you know? But then I had to, I had to go, whoa, 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 whoa. My foundation, my foundation is that God loves me. If he says it's a good gift to me, <laughs> then it is a good gift. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I process this or how I experience it. If he says it's good, it is good. And just for me, by the time we did the test, I was so ready to receive that gift from God. With praising and worshiping, picking up my cross. <laughs> but I was so ready, not because I want children. I tell you guys, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want at all. <laughs> let me tell you. Let, let Sammy, I love you, Sammy. <laughs> Not me, Any more children? You understand, Sammy? We 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 called I'll just uh, now that you so we called Samuel in. He says, Sammy, would you like another baby, another child? He says, Are you guys going to adopt? I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, Sammy. We're pregnant. He's like, you guys are weird. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so in this year... In this year, some of us have things taken away from us. Some of us have things, things taken away from us. Some of us has, have, have, have got some, have not got some things that was very, very, very precious to us. And the way that we process it is, if you take it, how can I still believe that you love me? Your foundation is what you experience. Versus, God, I don't see this, but I know this is from you. And because it's from you, and because you love me, I thank you and I praise you. What is your view? What is your foundation? And what shapes you? I mean, I think the window is closed just for so many people in regards to God's love. 
I had a, um, and, and look, this is something that I often, often had. We, a couple of years ago, we were praying with a, with a student. And the student um, says, like, look, look uh, would you please pray for me? I can't study, right? It's quite far, like third, fourth year type of thing, quite far in exams, and it's, it's, the workload is heavy. I need to study. Would you please pray for me to study? I'm under attack. That's the thing. I'm under attack. The devil is keeping me from studying, right? And so we, we will bind all the distracting spirits, and we were ready. We were ready to, to help her. As we pray, starting to pray, I felt the Lord says to me, she, the reason why she's struggling is because she's studying something that I have not ordained for her to study. And so I, I, <laughs> it's like I say to her after we prayed, listen, we can ask the devil to stop there now, but... I think he's studying the wrong thing. And she stops me and she says, no, 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 you don't understand. I have to. You don't understand. I have to pass this thing and I have to get a degree on this thing. My grandfather has paid for this. My father is an expectation to this. I was raised and born to get this degree. My whole, and she doesn't say that, but this, my whole identity and worth is wrapped up into this thing. You know, it's a, um, there's a, there's in the animal kingdom, this is a metaphor that I'm going to use just to relax all of you guys now. But in the animal kingdom, the monkeys has become quite popular because they could climb trees, right? And pretty soon it, it spreads around the whole kingdom, you know. The monkeys are cool because they climb trees. I want to climb a tree. There's something special about climbing a tree. And the poor pastor needs to help and pray for the rhinoceros, that the devil is keeping him from climbing the tree. No, the, the rhinoceros has not learned to be loved by <laughs> the Creator and accept who he is. I pray for the fish to climb the tree. And that is, that is so much... I feel like what we are doing, there is an expectation and a worth placed on external things that, 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 that settles a sense of insecurity and all those type of things. And people try and manipulate themselves to find whatever humans or the world has linked certain values on. But no one is really, no one is really find just the acceptance in God. What's the answer to all of these problems? If you would just know how much you're accepted by God for who you are, you would have no need to study a course that you are not destined to study. It's just because you don't love God. Oh, and I'm telling this. Listen here, you need to love God. Oh, God loves you. I know that. No, you don't. It manifests in the way that you process, that you process life. Now, in Hebrews 12, I want to quickly read this to you guys. Oh, all right, guys. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, 
in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate orphans, children, and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subjected to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seems best to them, but He disciplines as for our good that we may share in His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by that. I'll tell you how I see a person does not know love in the way that they react when discipline comes to them. In the way that they, they react when discipline comes to them, both from God and from the body. One of the, and, and look, if I use the word orphan, I mean someone, look, I, I think I've just preached to this side. Maybe I'll preach to this side. Of, <laughs> you guys cast out this fear now. We love you. So one, 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 one of the things with, um, what, what, where was I now? Orphan. Uh, what, what I mean by an orphan is an illegitimate son is someone that has not come home and receive the love of God and can be settled in the love of God. This, this orphan, orphan spirit that is so rife in the church. And so one of the ways that it's been viewed, again, is I am not sure of God's love. And I view my circumstances in my situations to understand whether God loves me. And when discipline comes, it just plays into the narrative that God does not love me. It's painful. It's not lacquer. Versus, I am so convinced that God loves me. And so when discipline comes, I am overjoyed that God, out of His love and mercy, stopped with me to work on me and to form me and to shape me and to make me more into His Son. What is your foundation? <laughs> is your foundation your circumstances? And out of that foundation, the love of God or your view of God is shaped. Or are you founded and rooted in the understanding of God's love? And through that, you view every circumstance and situation. I want to ask you guys a, a, a few questions, you know. Uh, how many of you in the church, in, in the family of God, have had times where you were more used by God or less used by God? For instance, you had an opportunity to be on the worship band. You had an opportunity to testify. You had the opportunity to be in leadership. How many of you, whenever those type of opportunities comes, feels of more worth in the family of God? Versus a season or a time that you are completely overlooked and not used by anybody. I, uh, um, Rudy here, Rudy is, for those of you that know, <laughs> he is a, he's a son in this house. Rudy was earlier this year, we would step down as a, as a deacon, and we, we, we took ministry from him. Well, not we took it from him. 
we ask him not to minister so that God can work on his heart for a season. By the way, we are releasing him to minister more because he has just done the process so well up till now and we've seen that God has restored so many things. So we have felt it well that we can release him actually to do more and more ministry. But I can tell you there was a season not long ago that Rudy was, he was preaching. He was having influence and leadership everywhere. Rudy was known in the church. And for a moment, we took all those, we, the, the ministry, decided the best for him, mistaken the ministry is away from him. You know what a servant says? A servant says, my worth is determined in the body in how active I am. A son, doesn't, a son can completely be free whether he are used by God or not used by God. And his worth is not fluctuating in any way by his usefulness or not usefulness. Have you ever felt like this? It's like, just let's test. It's like this. Uh, uh, we are the... We are the family of God. We are the brothers and the sisters. We love one another. Have you ever felt like even though you're with people, you actually feel like you're outside? <laughs> you feel like you're outside of the house. You don't feel like you belong. <laughs> it's just like there's this group in there, and I feel like I'm outside. And it's not like I don't connect. I just never feel as part. And I find the way to work my way into the being part, but I'm just feeling always outside. Children, you are helping me here to show so much love and grace. <laughs> I love children. Just, I think they're trying to get back. I love children. I just, I, I don't want to interrupt, but anyway, we've, we've taken matters in our own hands. Monday, which is tomorrow, I'm going for my operation. <laughs> so the next week, when I'm preaching, understand why, all right? <laughs> I see him for the operation. All right, so. <laughs> so. Your time is coming, Vian. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> All right. Um, um, so, um, 1 John, 1 John 3, I think verse 14. Oh, oh wait, sorry, 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 sorry. I, I, I just want to finish 1 John 4, um, verse 19. I think we were at verse 19. I just want to read up to verse 20. Sorry, we're getting there. One John four. I gave it right in the beginning. Okay. So. So. Uh, uh, look, I, I. It's it's just it's just in the same vein, you know, where uh, um, John is teaching us. To be, to be sons, right, and not to be orphans. He's, he's, he's teaching us to be free and in, in, in not having any fear and have find full acceptance of who we are in God. 
And John is teaching us this, that you can only love, listen here, you can only love to the extent that you have received love. You can only love and give yourself to the people that you have received love. And John's whole foundation is this. What we need to get, firstly, the root of everything is you that understand that God loves you. And as you understand that God loves you, it drives out all fear. And as we understand that God loves you, how can you not but love others? And so he gives us then, on top of this, he says, if anyone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom is not seen. Yo, this is quite a, um, quite a, 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 rough, a rough shot, you know. Um, in, in, in the Gospels, when Jesus speaks about uh, the commandment of love, he, he does and he says, look, you need to love God first. And then he says the second, that is equal to that, is you need to love one another. Sometimes I, I think we, we, we do miss that. It's become very easy to love God. It's very easy to love God, in theory. I can't see him. He's never there to frown. He doesn't have all the issues that people have. He's quite quiet many times. It's easy to ignore. Well, one day when he's going to come, it's going to be very difficult. But now, I mean, I don't see him. I, I love God. I love God. And so then, John says, well, if you love God... And you are not, I always says, if you do not love brothers, if you do not lay down your life for one another, you don't love God. That thing is not, not rooted with you. Now, there's a, there's a thing in Christianity. It's called um, secret place Christianity. And that's a, that's a very, uh, it's, it's a cool thing that, that came out, you know. Uh, well, let me just say this. In, in, in the West, individualism has become very, very important. Me and my life has become very, very important. And so one of the things how it's been translated in Christianity is my seeking and my journey to grow up and more in God. And so the, 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 the theology or the thing that has come in is the secret place is very important. Now, the secret place is very important. It's been taught, Jesus says, do not be one of those that just stand on the street corners and say, I love God and I, 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 I do all the Christian moves, the charismatic Christian moves. But actually, out there, when we look at you, when God sees you, He knows that it's just a mask. There's nothing there. If you truly are loving me, it shouldn't be a show. There's going to the secret place. That's where it comes from. But somehow, the secret place has celebrated Christianity that says, it's me and God. And my big journey is to find a life that I can grow up into God. Now, I go to a hospital to fix my body. If my body is fixed, I have no need of the hospital. I go to a university to get a degree to help me to do my work. When I get my degree, I have no use of the university. Most people's understanding of the churches, the church is giving me a service that helps me grow into God. I come to a sermon, I listen to it. If it's helpful, I'll take it. Thank you very much. And I'll take it and I will go back to my secret place where it will be just me and God. But John is going and he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. There is no, in that sense, mark of a secret place, Christianity, where just me and you. If you really love God, I will have to see it in the way that you, that you demonstrate it in the way that you love others. How you lay down your life for one another. 
See, we have minimized churches just, and I, I'm saying now a service where we hand out the service, <laughs> where people can listen to a preach, and then it helps them to somehow grow in God. But I go back to my secret place, and secret place really just means I'm not list for people. I'm not list for all your nonsense. I'm not list for all those things. John says, if we love God, in some ways it will manifest. It will manifest in the way that we give ourselves to one another. Sorry, 1 John 3. I hope I can nail it now. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Just stop there. By this we know that, that, that there is love. God has laid down his life for me, so that I can go into my secret place. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. I've, um, I've had this, this challenge with, um, and I say secret place Christianity, and I mean individual Christianity, where the aim is and where the looking is at the church is the amount of service that they can give to me to, to, to reach, reach that aim. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. When I was... When I was at TMT um, at the Bible school, it's a Bible school that trained guys for, for ministry. There was this idea that we want to we wanna give people good theology and we want to train people well and we want to give them all the right information so that they can become ministers of God. We want to equip them and train them and everything. But somehow we started realizing that we separate from the church, separate from the brothers and the family of God. We actually started making a disservice of them. We started making supernatural superstars, which was really very ineffective out there. And so we shift the whole program and we said, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to train guys in context of the local church. We're still going to teach them and so on, but somehow they need to learn how to become part of the family. Somehow they need to be outside of the house and learn how to come inside of the house. But you know, when they come there, they obviously come as students. We have put up a course that we promised them. We will train you. We will teach you. We will make you famous. And everybody is obviously willing to do that. But when they come there, everything that we say is, listen, now, now that you're here, now we want you to die to, to your fame, die to what you want to be, and, and give yourself to God and, and to the purpose of God. And initially when I, when I Paul says in, in, in 1, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 4.15, he says, you don't have, uh, you've got 10,000 teachers, but you don't have many fathers. And in Christ, I have begotten you as a father. And uh, um, when I initially receive a student, even though all the theology and all the stuff that we give them, in his mind, he looked at me as a teacher that will give him information. And the day that he's got enough information from me that he doesn't need me, he's off. It's by the way, it's how you guys see universities and all those type of things. You're only listening to that guy till the day that he gives you something to say. The day that you know it matches him or more, you have no need of him and you're off. 
Paul says, even though you've got 10,000 teachers, you can just go into YouTube. We've got now 100,000 nowadays. There's so many teachers. You don't have many fathers. And what happened with, what happened with some students is at some stage, that student shift to a son. Where the student is not interested anymore merely in the information that he can get. But suddenly the student becomes a person that his whole inheritance and his whole life is found in us. And he starts living for the us. And even though it's a very vivid experience, I've seen the same thing at, at the church here. I've seen people that will come and attend to the extent that they feel like this can be helpful to my spiritual advancement. And the day that it's not necessarily so beneficial, I can always go, hmm, maybe today I will just do my, my secret place. But Jesus didn't die merely for you to just grow up. Jesus died for you that to lay down your life for us. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. To lay down your life for me. I'm sorry, I'm the wrong example here. It sounds not like I'm sorry. I need you to lay down your life for Rudy. I need you to lay down your life for Yandre. I wake up in the evenings and I'm fighting and I'm thinking, what can I do to see Aiden come into a fullness? I, I, I lay down my life to see Aiden come to fullness. I lay down my life to see Tamsin come into fullness. I'm not after attendance of meetings. I'm not coming to a service and join a service. I'm asking that we will be joined to one another as family where we lay down our lives for one another. And so recently, I Naka went to Japan and I, well, I'll, I'll finish. I feel like the threads is all over at the moment, but... Uh, uh, um, where she, she went to a church, and um, the church, as she spoke, she spent individual time with the different people in the church. She realized that all of them go for different struggles, and every person that she asked for, have you spoken to anybody about it? They said, no. And I realized, like, nobody knows anything in anybody's life, and nobody has any, any, any sort of relationship with one another. The, the church has simply become a service. It's simply become a service that they give to the community where they send out preachers. You can do that on YouTube. We are not after a bum on a seat. We are after a people that will be connected to one another and lay down their lives for one another. The church is not coming to a Sunday meeting. The churches go get your ladder, break into someone's yard, find them in their depressed state. And pray for them until they get out of it. Lay down your life until people get their freedom. Lay down your life until people get into their inheritance. Live for one another's inheritance. Then we finally come into something that John has for us. Anyway, I feel a bit all over, but I'll, 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 I'm going to pray now. <laughs> Jesus, I, um, I pray, Jesus, if we say that we love you, or if we say that we know that you love us, 
pray that that revelation in some ways, Father, even as the window is closed in so many people's lives, Lord, that you would open up the window and that there will come revelation so that we would see you. We would see you. I pray for a revelation of your love that will cast out all fear. I pray for a revelation, Father, will cast out all insecurity. I pray for a revelation of your love that will cause us, Lord Jesus, to know our worth and to know our place in the house. Father, I pray for a revelation of your love that will not make us feel that we have worth if we do something and less worth if we don't do something. Father, that our worth is completely linked to the fact that you love us. But Father, thank you if that thing is rooted down, that we would be a people now that lay down our lives for one another. Father, I pray where the Spirit wants to disconnect us, or where an orphan spirit, Father, wants to cause people to feel outside of the house, Lord Jesus. And the church is merely a Sunday service where we come in and come out and live our own lives. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will break that out of us. And Jesus, that we would live as a community for one another, laying down our lives to see one another reach our inheritance. Father, we want to look one another in the eye and say, we need you. We need you. We need you to lay our lives down for us. We need to lay down our lives for you. Father, I pray that you would shift us, that we would start living for one another. I pray, Lord Jesus, even as the spirit of this world and the spirit of the West has made us so individual people that is wrapped up in ourselves, I pray that you would break it and the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ and the spirit of love will reach us and that we would be a people laying down our lives for one another. We love you. We love you. But Lord, may it be marked by the way that we loved one another and gave our lives for one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Callum. Amen. Thanks, guys. Please remember, if you got a slip, you can hand it in at the back there and grab a coffee. And then also, Marku is going to be here in front, anyone that's interested in the youth. Um, I think that is about everything. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your Sundays.